Streaming reviews. I'm your host, Demo. My co host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 86. We're in a new place today. We are in a new place. We're all out of sorts, but it's going to be a good one, man. I don't even know if I'm speaking into the mic correctly. You know, you light a cigarette (laughs) backwards or something. I don't know. That's what I feel like right here. Now, why did we have to leave, Joe? Why are we in a new place? Well, it got a little bit too too Cirque du Soleil up there in uh, Panorama City, so we're down here. We're trying something new, so. Yeah, we're at our friend Greg Anson's studio off of Laurel Canyon, and we're going to give this a shot and see how it goes. He made the song for us, we should say that. The thing you just heard a couple seconds ago, he wrote that, and now we're in his studio because we had to get away from the crime. Yeah. (laughs) Just plain and simple crime, the sirens. It's rowdy up there. It's nuts. The pit bulls, the pit bulls. (laughs) Yeah, we got a little bit of everything up there, man. We got something for everyone. So not only are we in a new location, we have a new segment that we're introducing. All right, let's get into it. It's called Are You Still Watching? Are you still watching? I know why it's called that, but why don't you explain real quick why we're calling that? Well, we're recapping new seasons of shows that we've already reviewed. We've sort of done this before, but we're now putting a name on it. The real reason is if you fall asleep with Netflix on, you'll wake up at four in the morning. It says, are you still watching? Yes. Thank that's you. Why. That's where I grabbed it from. Yes. Right. That's how creative and original I am. I just grabbed it from there. Right. But yeah. So this is the segment. Are you still watching? We're going to break down shows that we have reviewed that are currently in new seasons. And I got a whole bunch. I'm going to get cracking. We're not going to spend a lot of time on these, though. So Hacks, we said that was a binge. Season two. Eight episodes. I thought it started out kind of weak. Did you watch it? I haven't seen season two yet, no. Okay. Gene Smart and uh, Hannah Einbender. What, I have to redo everything? And it's the, the, Okay, come on. Season two, you're saying is... is... It starts off kind of weak. I wasn't into it. The second half, great. It really brings it home. It almost ends like it's done. Now, I listened to a, an interview with the showrunners. They're like, no, 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 no. We're coming back. We always plan on coming back. But the show did end really nice. If there is the apocalypse, it's going to be okay because Hacks Season 2 concluded the story and you wouldn't be like, oh no, what happened? Can you imagine the anxiety of being a TV show writer and never knowing if you're coming back next year or not? Well, that brings up my next show. All right, go ahead. Okay, my next show is The Umbrella Academy in Season 3. Ten episodes... The showrunner doesn't know if he's coming back for season four yet. He says he's got it mapped out, and he figures, you know what? Season four would probably be it. We haven't been picked up. Hold on there, Demo. It was just renewed for a fourth and final season. I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's run out of steam. I know you're not a fan of this show. 
if you do watch the Umbrella Academy, I'm going to watch it to the end, but I have to say it's become pretty repetitive with the whole, we got to save the universe again and again and again. It's turned into heroes from NBC. Nothing could ever be as bad as turning into heroes. That was awful. As far as falling off a cliff goes. Yeah. Well, look, it's still watchable. I still enjoy it, but I'm just, it's getting tedious. It's getting repetitive. It's getting the same thing. I still think season three is worth watching. All I'll say is, if it doesn't come back for season four, I'm okay with it. Did you not hear me the first time? It's coming back for one more season. Now, what I do care about, and I don't know if you've been watching it or not, my favorite show from two years ago, make your joke. Cartoon or something. No, it's The Boys. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah, The Boys. Right. It's a good I show. I love The Boys. People think I antagonize you all the time. I actually like a lot of the same stuff that you like. I'm just, you know, I'm poking fun. Yeah. I know. But point is this. I thought season two was weak. It got better by the end with the exploding heads and it got cool. Season three has been gangbusters awesome. It is even better than season one. Really? This has been fan-fucking-tastic. Wow. There was a scene in episode three that almost made me puke. Okay? Better than the airplane scene in season one? No, no. The airplane scene in season one is on its own level. But there's some gross-out, insane stuff. Oh. 12 minutes in, first episode, I don't want to give anything away. You're like, wow, dude, they're going for it. But I'm just saying there was a scene in episode three where I, I couldn't eat for about six or seven hours. <laughs> Bravo, guys. You grossed me out. Oh. It's only eight episodes. It has been, like I said, awesome. I wasn't super thrilled after season two. Wow, man. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Okay. Already picked up for season four, like right off the bat. I think five minutes after it debuted, Amazon was like, yes, season four. Go, go, go. Okay. So that's wonderful. The last thing I want to talk about, and yes, cartoons, Joe, okay, mm -hmm. is Love, Death, and Robots oh, season yeah. three. I've watched all. There's nine of them. I'm going to break down what you need to watch and skip the others. Okay, there's four of them. Well, only three, but I'll go over four. The ones you want to watch are Night of the Mini Dead, Kill Team Kill, Mason's Rats, and if you want Bad Traveling, because uh, that's a motion capture one that David Fincher directed. However, the story is kind of weak. So I would really say the ones only to watch are those first three, Night of the Mini Dead, Kill Team Kill, and Mason's Rats. They're all different styles of animation. You can skip the other six. I will, but who made those other three? Because they always get, like, big-time directors, right? No one I noticed. Kill Team Kill was my favorite because it was, like, super aggro bro humor, filthy, mega-violent. It was a lot of fun. The Mason's Rats one kind of looks like Pixar animation, sort of that style. And then Night of the Mini Dead is sort of like... Uh, these long establishing shots where you see, like, just places being taken over by zombies, sort of oh. little lemmings. It was good. Okay. If you're watching Love, Death, and Robots, like, I don't know if I want to watch all these. Those are the three. If you like David Fincher, watch Bad Traveling. Just don't expect much from it. Okay? Right. There you go. So that is Are You Still Watching? Okay. That's, I like the new segment. That's good. Okay, great. Moving on. Let's go. Go, go, go. Moving How about on. a review? How about a review? I've been looking forward to the new Adam Sandler Netflix movie. They are just back in a Brinks truck up to his house every other weekend, it seems like. He just put out a movie called Hustle about 
basketball. He's a huge basketball fan, apparently, in real life. I think we've heard stories about that. Apparently. Clearly. Well, yeah. So the whole story is he's a, a coach of, like, a G League. Like, he's trying to get guys into the NBA. The trailer is the movie. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it's very, very simple. And it's just a huge-hearted movie. It's like one of those things, you know, when they say, like, how come they're making a 15th Ocean's Eleven movies? Because George Clooney and Brad Pitt want to go to Italy together. That's why. So this was like, how come they're making this movie? Well, Adam Sandler wanted to play basketball with Kevin Durant or whatever. That's why. It's the whole reason this movie was made. I'm sure of it. Wasn't he in uh, Uncut Gems with him? Yes. Okay. That was Kevin Garnett. And there's other people in it, a lot of younger guys and stuff that I wasn't familiar with. But the whole end credit scene is like all these professional basketball players that may or not make it, you know, and it, it was a really cool story. And it was very Adam Sandler. It was a lot of scenes of him going from zero to 100, you know, which I think is the funniest Adam Sandler ish thing you can do. It always reminds me of Wedding Singer when uh, she says, well, I don't want to be married to you. And he said, that information would have been useful to me yesterday. Remember when he starts just yelling out of nowhere? Yeah, great. Look, here's the thing. You love Sandler. I do love Sandler. It's fine. This is not the best thing that he's put out on Netflix. It's certainly not the worst thing he's put out on Netflix. Hoobie, Hoobie Halloween? What was I thought that, that was watchable. I th- oh, <laughs> the, God, no. The Ridiculous Six, I think, is probably the worst movie uh, anyone's put out on Netflix. But no, this is good. If you like basketball at all, this is worth a watch. And if you like Sandler at all, this is Hustle on Netflix. I see. It's one hour and 57 minutes. Yeah. It also has Ben Foster, oh, yeah, sorry. Queen Latifah, Heidi Gardner, Robert Duvall, Jaleel White. Urkel. A- Urkel. Jaleel White, by the way, we <laughs> we might have to, um, we'll talk about this later. We might have to have a special guest because he did an independent movie with someone that we know. We might be able to get him on, so that'd be a pretty good day. I think. I'd love to have him on. Are you kidding? Uh, he'd be a good guest. But all these people you just mentioned, I got the cast list here too. They're in it for four minutes tops. I mean, nobody's in this thing other than Sandler and a bunch of basketball players. Oh, really? And you get Robert Duvall for like one scene. Okay. It's a little misleading what we're looking at here, but all right. But it's good, man. I mean, it really was a good film. Love Sandler. Love basketball. Hustle on Netflix. I'd say it's a binge. All right, my turn. All right. I have something I've been wanting to review for quite some time. I waited till all 10 episodes came out, make sure I'd watch the whole freaking thing because it was weekly, right? I couldn't binge it all. It was like every Thursday on Paramount Plus, limited series, The Offer. This is based on The Godfather somehow, right? Yes. This is about the making of The Godfather, one of the greatest movies ever made. How do you feel about The Godfather before I get into this? Godfather 1? Yeah. We're talking about Godfather 1. Yes, one of the greatest movies. You love it? Of course. I love it. You know, The Godfather's on. I'm watching it. Godfather Part 2 next? Well, there goes my week. You know what I mean? Like, I just commit. Now, who's in this, you might ask? Joe, who's in this? Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Who I love. You do like Miles Teller. Also, Matthew Good, Dan Fogler, Byrne Gorham, Colin Hanks, Giovanni Ribisi, and Juno Temple. And then also Justin Chambers is in it. He plays Brando, but he's hardly in it. They're really focusing on the production people versus the actors. Well, that's a cool angle, kind of. 
right? And now this was created by Michael Tolkien, who did The Player. You ever I seen haven't the, seen The Player, oh, no. The Player is a great movie. you got to watch that. And this whole thing is from the point of view of the producer of the movie, Albert Ruddy. He won the Oscar for Best Picture. This is his point of view. Francis Ford Coppola had nothing to do with this show. Well, it's based on the Mario Puzo book. Everyone gives no, 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 no. Even based on the Mario Puzo book, the Godfather's based on the Mario yes, Puzo yes, book. Yes, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm talking about this show is based on the perspective of just the producer. But how they get to the source material in the show? It's Paramount. Paramount. No, 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 what no are not you talking Paramount. about in the show. Do they talk about how the producer got hooked up with the book? Yes. Okay. Obviously. All right. They get into all of that. Okay. The thing is, though, ninety percent of this is bullshit. <laughs> like it's no, but and that's not a criticism. It's sort of like you know, like winning time on HBO about the Lakers. Oh yeah, yeah. You know the outcome. You know the Lakers are going to be huge in the '80s. You know the Godfather is going to be one of the greatest movies ever made. So they take these huge liberties with it, and it is a bit overstuffed. There's this whole mafia storyline with Giovanni Ribisi playing the head of a mob family in New York, and they're trying to make sure this movie doesn't get made. Some of that storyline gets a little tiresome, but when it really sticks to the making of it, it's great. Now, having said all of that, <laughs> the real selling point is one thing and one thing only. Matthew Good. He's this British actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but he's not really that well-known. I feel like he's come up on this show before. He probably has. He plays Paramount head of production, producer extraordinaire Robert Evans. Okay. This is the performance of the year. I'm telling you, you got to watch this just for this guy's performance. Oh, chef's kiss, man. <laughs> I'm already telling you right now for the binges and purges at the end of the year, this guy's going to get my favorite performance. It's next level. I'm going to play a clip. Okay. Just to give you a little sense. This is just a just a just a seasoning, a little seasoning, okay? All right. Here we go. I should set it up first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wait. You should say why it's called the offer too. Because I'm gonna make an offer he can't refuse. It's either his brains or his signature is gonna be on the paper. Right. Thank you. Great. Anyway, in this scene, Miles Teller, he plays Ruddy. He's the producer. And uh, they're going over the script, and Evans is coming to his house to uh, berate him. Okay? okay? All right. Bob, what's going on? 170 pages. Are you out of your fucking mind? How did you get that? Oh, please, shut up. I know just about every page that goes through that copy room. Did you read it? Because I didn't. I great. don't have to on 170 pages. Oh, I told you Puzo was a bad idea. That dog shit is unproducible. Bob, come in. We'll have a drink and talk about oh, it. Oh, fuck you. Fuck yourself, Al. Hey, you know what I'm thinking? Here's what I'm thinking. You should just go back to doing some sitcoms. That's what I'm thinking. Have a great night, asshole. So that's Matthew Good. That's Matthew Good, and he's completely over the top. Side note, I have been to Robert Evans' house. Are you familiar with him, really? Or when I say Robert Evans, you don't really know who I Produce, mean. He's a, I know he's a producer. He did uh, something that we talked about on this show one other time. Yes, he also produced Chinatown. He really turned Paramount around. He was the head of it from the late 60s to the early 70s. He made all these classic movies. Anyway, I was at his house. I was doing a photo shoot for Vanity Fair with Halle Berry. So we had to go to this place. I didn't know I'm going to his house. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah. You didn't and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm walking around, and I'm like, what's with all the Godfather memorabilia? 
And then someone's like, it's Robert Evans's house. I'm like, oh my God. I had no clue. That's pretty cool. I looked in the cookie jar for cocaine. And um, there was tons of cocaine. Just cookies. Oh. It was kind of disappointing. I'm like, come on, where's the coke? Come on, Bobby. <laughs> anyway, the guy's an icon. He, he's dead. But uh, this show really honors him in an insane way. And like I said, this performance is the reason to watch it. The show at times is overstuffed, cheesy. I said a lot of it is just complete horseshit. There's probably too many episodes, but I don't care. It was entertaining, man. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was on every Thursday night. I, I was like, I stopped work. I'm like, oh man, the offer. Let's mm-hmm. do it. I'm ready to watch it. If you're looking for like the definitive piece for the making of The Godfather, this ain't it. Go read a book about it because this is not giving you the whole story, the real story. There's a book out called uh, Leave the Gun, Take the Cannoli. Apparently that's very good yeah. if you want the in-depth truth. That's why I asked you about Mario Puzo. You looked at me like I was a crazy person. No, what, what do you mean? What, no, he's in it, and then he sort of disappears. He's at the beginning, and then like, he comes back at the end or whatever. Look, at, mm. there's a lot going on in this that's just plain fun. Now, the Rotten Tomatoes score I want to bring up because critics... Gave it a 50%. That's not good. That's not good. Audiences have given it a 97. Wow. Yeah. And anybody that I've talked to that watched it, they're like, wasn't it great? Wasn't it fun? It is. It's a fun show. Commit to it. Go for it. Just know you're not getting like the making of the Godfather. Yeah. But like I said, Matthew Good, Matthew Good, Matthew Good is the reason to watch this, period. It's The Offer, 10 episodes, about an hour each, streaming now on Paramount+. Plus. It's fun, dude. It's a binge. You know, we try and do mostly binges, right? We want to recommend things for people to watch. I think people enjoy a good purge if we're really ripping on it. Well, here comes one, and it's coming from a very sad place in my heart because I wanted this to be good so badly. Dirty Daddy, the Bob Saget tribute on Netflix. It was basically his memorial service. You know, he passed away. Was it back in October or something, November? January. And so they got all these comics together to trade stories about him, to remember him, to whatever. This thing was a complete fumble. You know, you've seen the Comedy Central roasts and stuff. Of course. And you're like, oh, let me guess. Jeff Ross is going to come out dressed like Gaddafi or something. And of course, here he comes. And then they always end it with a nice thing at the end. It's like, it's so by the book. This was awful. It was like, imagine a Comedy Central roast with no writers. Mm. Well, um, what comedians are roasting him? Well, that's where it gets tricky because you would think that this would be good. Okay, here's who's in it. Chris Rock, Jim Carrey, Michael Keaton, Dave Chappelle, Tim Allen, Jeff Ross, John Lovitz. It, the list falls off. Seth Green. But Stamos... Coulier, I heard that Coulier almost passed on it, which that's got to be a tough call from your agent. Like, sorry, Dave Coulier said he can't make it to your show. You know, like that's pretty insulting, but it was bad, man. There was a couple of good lines and a couple of good stories, but this thing was just butchered. Someone at Netflix maybe didn't like oversee it or what, but it was just out of order. It was bizarre. There, the, It was rushed. Well, I mean, was it? Because, you know, it was like three months after he died or something. It's like you'd think somebody could write some jokes by then. But I'll tell you what. And here's here's the thing. I want to offer an alternative. 
go watch the Comedy Central roast of Bob Saget because that really was a home run from everybody. This was like a knockoff version of that, and it was unwatchable. I really wanted it to be good, and here's how I judge stuff now since we've been doing this thing for a while, is that it was all over the front page. Like Every time you open Netflix, pops up right away. Bob Saget, Dirty Daddy, Tribute, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's buried. It's gone. Because enough people watched it, they were like, don't advertise that anymore. It was just bad. I got to be honest with you. I'm not going on Netflix like I used to. I'm going to other streamers. I'm going to Hulu. I'm going to HBO Max. My God, I'm going to Paramount Plus. This is why Netflix is in trouble. Okay, They are in trouble. They are in trouble. Everyone knows they're in trouble. They're my last go-to lately. Yeah, I watched a movie that you told me to watch. We'll review it another uh, episode. And I was like, yep, there's a Netflix movie for you. It's got all the goods and then does not deliver. We're not getting into that now. I'm just saying, generally speaking, when you tell me something wasn't good on Netflix, I'm not surprised. That's sort of new. I mean, since we started doing this show, it didn't used to be that way. It used to be like, oh, there's a Netflix original movie Bird Box, it's going to be great. Bird Box sucked, now, dude. That was like the tipping point. That was like they peaked right then and there. It's like, oh, man, everyone had to see Bird Box, right? Yeah. I hated Bird Box, yeah. but I read the book. So oh. I already went in and going like, this is not the movie I want. It was supposed to be like A Quiet Place, but A Quiet Place had a, a monster in it. It's it's Quiet Place without the eyes, right? Right, it's like blindfold. Come on. Anyway, it was disappointing. I will say this, though. Whoever wrote A Quiet Place, had previously read Bird Box. Yeah, no kidding. So, Same I mean, concept. Right. I'm saying it's not like the movie Bird Box was ripping off A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place had ripped off the book Bird Box. Oh. The point is, Netflix, guys, you got you to do something. You got to do something, and you got to stop advertising the crap out of stuff because this is what I was trying to say earlier. When you turn on Netflix, it's like, coming July 17th. It's just all you see is posters for the new woody harrelson and kevin hart movie and then all of a sudden it comes out and everyone watches it and they're like this sucks and then they bury it you have to like search exactly the title of it to even find it i don't know what they're doing with their algorithm over there but it's something that i've noticed since we started doing this that there's some change when i I finished the umbrella academy the trailer for uh what's it called the toronto one man from toronto Man from toronto yeah Uh, i came up and i watched the trailer and i was like Oh, Kevin Hart, no thanks. Woody Harrelson, though, right? Hey, guys, aren't you forgetting something? Dirty Daddy, the Bob Saget tribute, streaming on Netflix. It's a purge. I have to do everything around here myself. Here's something that I'm going to review, because that's what we do here. All right. I have an HBO Max original series. It's eight episodes. I want to say already it has been picked up for a second season. Had this show not been picked up, I would not recommend it. But I am going to recommend it because it is coming back. Okay? It is Tokyo Vice. Anything? Is that with the Paul Walker with the race cars and stuff? Yeah, that's it. No, that's Tokyo Tokyo Drift. Drift. Yes, thank you. No, this is a Japanese Yakuza crime thriller. Okay. It stars Ansel Elgort, Ken Watanabe, Rachel Keller, and get ready for these because I worked on these. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I spent a lot of time researching these to get them just right. Okay. Show Kasamatsu. 
and Rinko Kikuchi. Okay. <laughs> and they're Your great. enthusiasm yeah. is what throws me out. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm excited. I got her. You know what I'm happy about? They broke these down on the internet for you. These are the exact pronunciations of these names, and I'm, I'm proud of myself. All right, good job. Okay, this was created by J.T. Rogers. It's based on the 2009 book Tokyo Vice, an American reporter on the police beat in Japan by Jake Adelstein. And Michael Mann is an executive producer, and he directed the pilot. Oh. So the premise is, it's like late 1990s, Ansel Elgort is the first English-language-speaking journalist to work for a major Japanese newspaper in Tokyo. Based on a true story? It's based on a true story. Yeah. Now, there's lots of controversy how, you know, was the book real versus what happened? Whatever. It's loosely based. Who cares at this point, right? It's a, it's a show. Right. Is it going to be fun or not, right? So... His thing is he gets involved on the police beat. He's trying to, like, make a name for himself, not just do the standard things. So he starts investigating the Yakuza's. And the Yakuza's is basically the Japanese mob. Right. And Ken Watanabe is a police detective that he gets hooked up with, and they sort of work together to try to figure out what's going on. Um, Rachel Keller, who I really like, she was in Fargo Season 2. And the society, which you liked, which I hated, she works a lot. You know her? You, yeah, you know yes, her? I know yeah, anyway, I really like her. She plays an American expatriate living in Tokyo who's making her living as like this hostess in this like, uh, they have these bars where you basically like, you know, flirt with guys and, you know, have champagne with them. You're sort of like a prostitute without the sex, kind of. Yeah. Okay, anyway, she plays one of them. Now, show Kasamatsu. He plays Sato. He's like a, a low-level enforcer who's coming up in the ranks in the Yakuza. He is the best character on this show. He's really good. I, I, people are pretty good in this, but he's outstanding. Him and Rachel Keller, to me. Um, Ansel Elgort, he's fine, whatever. Ken Watanabe's always good. But Sho and Keller, they're the two standouts for me. Now, I'm going to warn you, dude. Most of it's in Japanese. So I know you're out. Well, okay. No There's subtitles, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's all subtitles. I throw the captions on everything. So I, I have no <laughs> I was idea. Just at this say, point. I've seen you watch things in English with subtitles. Yeah, I just like just are there subtitles? I don't know. I just you know, a lot in Japanese. Um, this ends with a massive amount of loose ends. But like I said, definitely coming back. This was going to be a movie originally in 2013, and Daniel Radcliffe was going to play the lead. But it didn't work out, and now it's become a TV show on HBO Max. 86 with the critics, 89 with the audiences. It was a recommendation from listener Hal. He goes, check it out. He goes, it's good. It's not great. I will say that. It's a good show. I enjoyed it. It's not awesome. It's not like, oh, my God, dude, Tokyo Vice. But I am going to watch season two. I liked it enough. Okay. Okay, so that's Tokyo Vice, HBO Max, streaming right now, and it is a binge. All right, we covered a lot of ground tonight. Did we? I think so. Okay. Especially for being, you know, kind of out of sorts. We are out of sorts. I do like the fact that we haven't had to stop for sirens, though. Well. And then part of me misses it. Yeah, well. Like, oh, sirens, where have you gone? 
It's still a thousand degrees in here, though. That hasn't changed. Oh yeah, we're still in no Los matter Angeles. where we go. <laughs> it's a sweat box, man. <laughs> oh my god. You want me to do the recap? Yeah, you do the recaps, dude. We started out with a new segment called "Are You Still Watching?" Because we can't review the same show ten times, but we do have to mention when stuff comes back for season four or five. So we did that. We talked about Hustle, the Adam Sandler movie on Netflix about basketball. It was good. It's kind of what you'd expect. I said it was a binge. Then we talked about The Offer. The Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus about the making of the movie The Godfather. Correct. With Miles Teller and a bunch of other people that we like. Matthew Good. Matthew, Matthew Good. Good. More like Matthew Great, it Matthew sounds like. Matthew Great, yes. Matthew Great as go. Robert Evans. The reason to watch it, if nothing else. Then we talked about the Bob Saget Memorial Special on Netflix, which should not have been done. It was done poorly, and it was just weird. And then finally, we talked about Tokyo Vice, which you said is good enough to watch since it's coming back. Yes, and that's on HBO Max. We kind of hit all the all the networks. Well, not really. We didn't do Amazon. We didn't do Hulu. Okay. We, we, we didn't hit... do Peacock. That's oh, why yeah. there's so many. There's so many, Joe. There's too many. Right. I'm having a breakdown of just too much to watch. Like I said, that's why I had to do the segment about Are You Still Watching? Because I've got the shows that I actually want to watch versus the shows that I've got to review, and they just come colliding. Yeah. I mean, there's five shows right now that I'm watching. I feel like a DJ or like that plate spinner guy. Remember like on Johnny Carson, the guy that would spin the plates? Gallagher. On those ver- no, not Gallagher. He'd smash watermelons. You know, plate spinning. It was a thing on TV <laughs> that like they do on variety shows. That's what I feel like I'm doing with these shows. I'm spinning plates here, okay? You know the story about Gallagher, too, right? What, his brother? Yeah, his twin brother that stole his act. Right. They had a lawsuit. Were they fighting each other? I thought he was like, you go do it, man, because I'm tired. But no? Well, it started that way, and then it was like, hey, now you're taking my dates. That'd be a good get for an interview sometime. Gallagher or Gallagher's brother? Well, Either or. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle Gallagher, dude. That seems, it's like interviewing Doug Henning or something. We'd have to have, we'd have to have parkas on and stuff. (laughs) Tarps. Yeah. A slicker? What not a slicker? Poncho? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes we really get off course, man. I know. That's okay. I like getting off course. Otherwise, we're boring. Right, folks? Yes. Get off course. Go on some crazy tangent into a dry bed of nothing. Now, wait, what is this? You said you skipped this. Somebody was not happy about my George Carlin review. Was that? Most of the general population of the United States of America was not happy with your George Carlin review. Okay. I'm just saying, okay? Okay. I'm going to read a tweet from listener Jonathan. Oh, no. At Binger Purge, just finished your last episode that featured George Carlin's American Dream Doc. I don't know any better way to say this than to simply say that Joe is dead wrong. Carlin was a genius, and the documentary illustrates that in such a perfect way. Hashtag Purge Joe. Wow. Yeah. That got personal there at the end. It did get personal with the hashtag of purging you. Now, uh, a couple other people just straight up. (laughs) There's more. Well, no. I mean, I'm just saying people come up to you and they're like, you know, what the hell is wrong with him? Yeah. He calls himself a comedian. That's what people said. Look, I stand by my position. Stand by your position. I admire it. I know you're wrong. Everyone knows you're wrong, but that's okay. You stay there. Uh, Side note, I'd also like to mention, we got a recommendation from listener Chris, 
You need to see the offer on Paramount+. Plus. It's about the making of The Godfather. It's fantastic. Yes, it is, listener Chris. We know, and we reviewed it. It's like I'm saying, man, you know, keep these things coming. I know we're not getting the voicemails like we requested, but listener Jonathan and listener Chris just got their names said. What more can you ask for in a week, especially when the world is falling apart? Binge or purge, we're here to make your week. And we're at where? Instagram, at Binge or Purge Podcast. Twitter at binge or purge, Facebook slash binge or purge, and binge or purge podcast at gmail.com. So get a hold of us. We want to hear from you. We're also on YouTube. Oh, yeah. As always, we want to thank Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Instagram at the Jesse Greer. That's Jesse with a Y. Also, like to thank Greg Anson for the use of his studio. See how it goes. I know we had to get out of that crime scene. I go over <laughs> it's there. An and there's, active, there's, it's an active crime scene. There's literally like the tape on the floor of where we did our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>